One and three. One and three. Matthew, Sons, one and three. Yep. Just how you draw it up, John. I'll start <laughs> the season out hot, huh? Yes. You know? Yeah. Come right out. Four games. Firing. You know, just inconsistency <laughs> across the board cost the Suns a game. At home, the first game of a five-game homestand, the Suns lose to the King by a score of 110 to 107 on a Harrison Barnes buzzer beater after the Phoenix Suns stormed back in the last five minutes of the game to make up for a really shitty third quarter. I mean, that's what it came down to. This looked good, really good in the first half, 61 points. Came out, laid a 15 points in the third and had to claw back in, scoring 31 in the fourth quarter to make it a game. But ultimately, it's a loss. 1-3 for the Suns now, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, the first half, it really seemed like they were blowing out the Kings and the Kings were still there within 10 points. And I was like, okay, they'll keep up the energy. They've done that before. And then third quarter, they just didn't. Um, and they try to get it back too soon. They they actually did. They got there very, very fast towards the end. But the way the Kings were shooting the three, I'm not shocked that that three went down. I was actually expecting it to go down. <laughs> yeah, no, so was I. I mean, at that point, because, you know, again, I, I referenced it earlier in the week. I wrote a piece for Bright Side of the Sun talking about how the Sun's perimeter defense has just been shite so far this season. And yeah. it's not necessarily because... Uh, the, the opposition is shooting a great clip. I mean, they are, but it's because they're so damn wide open. I think the statistic was like 83.9% of the opposition's three-point shots thus far this season have been wide open or open. So a defender not within four feet of them. And when that happens on a long enough average, you're going to allow the, the opposition to make those shots. I mean, they have a good look at the perimeter. And while in the first half, I saw a better energy from the suns when it comes to defending the three-point line i mean you look at how the the king shot in the first half they went four for 17 23.5 percent from the three-point line you know ultimately they end the game with a, a torrid second half they shoot 15 to 38 39 percent total uh so i mean it's just it's frustrating man it's frustrating to, to to see what what's hurting this team to see the lack of focus hurting them to see the opposition coming out in the second half with more energy than they do and ultimately losing the game because of it. just It's just frustrating. It is. And the Suns right now are really trying to find themselves. And I guess we kind of overlooked that. You know, a newer kind of squad behind the actual starting guys. You got to kind of figure that out still. So uh, we'll give them some more time. We're going to have to. We're going to have to give them no choice. All, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Yes. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Suns Jam Session podcast. Whether you're listening on the bright side of the... Oh, I'm not on the bright side of the Sun podcast network anymore. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Freudian slip. Uh, let me drink my Diet Pepsi over here. Or if you are watching along live on YouTube, we appreciate it. Wherever you're at, make sure that you hit the thumbs up button, you subscribe, you rate, you review. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give, a fa give us a five-star review. And we have a couple five-star reviews that we'll read at the end of the podcast. So shout out to the people who decided to go, you know what, we're going to stop by, give them those five-star reviews. We really appreciate it. Uh, make sure that you follow the show on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lissy. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's pop open a beer, Matthew. Let's pop one open. Let me grab mine. Okay. I don't have I one, one, so it's, it's all on you tonight. In Colorado. 
Ooh, sounds nice. Pop if you got them, Suns fans. Let's talk about this game. Yes, three-point loss for the Suns to the Kings. It always always kind of hurts when you lose to the Kings because, you know, they're kind of the team that you look at and you go, you know what, we've been drafting next to you for a lot of years. We have a lot of assets that you maybe you wanted or vice versa. And, you know, to see them come in to, to win this game is a little bit frustrating. Uh, it's a lot of frustrating, but... Matthew, I got to ask... Matthew, I got to ask, when you look at this game, do you think that tonight's performance is a result of the Suns having a target on their back to where a team just doesn't stop because they know who the Suns are and they want to beat them? Yeah, I mean, you can see how quickly the Suns can take it, turn it around towards the end of the game and then they can just take over that way. Um, it's, it's a mixture of both to me. It's a mixture of the target on your back. And it's a mixture of just, you know, trying to find some kind of sync on offense because the way they're playing, there's no flow between the starters. There's no flow between really the bench. The bench is something I think early in like the first two games you were really excited about. They seem to flow even better than the starters. Now the starters themselves, there's nothing really there. It's very individualized. One guy, of course, we'll talk about is DeAndre Ayton, mm-hmm. where he was more focused on the first half, and that's when your offense is doing great. The third, the third quarter on, it was very individualized. These guys were out there, especially Devin Booker, who put up Kobe numbers tonight with like the 12 for 38 shooting. And it, it seemed like they were just trying to go away from DA and try to do their own thing. Um, when you're bench, and especially like McGee, and those, you know, their bench players are out playing kind of your, your main offensive focus. It, it's hard for a team to look at that, like the Sacramento Kings, a lesser team that you want to beat. If they're looking at that, they're like, you know what? These starters are having a hard time. That gives them a little bit more momentum too. So it's really a mixture for both of both for me. Yeah, I think you know it definitely is a sign that this is a team, as we've discussed and we knew coming into the season, was going to have the opposition looking at them and saying, hey, we're going to attack at all times. This is the Phoenix Suns. Okay, this isn't a team that you know is at the doldrums of the NBA anymore. This isn't a team where we can sit a couple guys to get rest. No, these this is a team that we want to we want to know who we are as a team. The Kings came into this game one and two, just like the Phoenix Suns, and they had that question. They go, you know, who are we? Well, you know what a good litmus test is? Playing against the Western Conference champion Phoenix Suns and seeing what we have. And you know what, for the most part, it was, you know, a, a first half that really kind of they had to go into the locker room with Luke Walton as their head coach and really just kind of take a look inward and go, you know what? Who are we? Because they were down at the half. What was it? Uh, 61 to 53, I think it was. You know, so they're they're down eight points. And truthfully, they they got outplayed in that in that first quarter or that first half. You know, the Suns came out with that energy that we've been talking about has kind of been missing. They came out with active hands. Uh, you know, they were focused on disrupting passing lanes. They were swiping down at the uh, the basketball. If you know, if Rashawn Holmes brought it down, Chris Paul's in there swatting at it. I mean, they were doing all those little things, the little things that equate to success in the first half. You know, and, and going into halftime, you're feeling good. You know, the Suns are shooting 51% from the field. Uh, the Kings are shooting 46% from the field. The Suns are moving the ball around, you know, of their 26 total makes, 
They had 14 assists on those, you know. So, I mean, I think that they really came out with that tenacity. And then it, I think you nailed it on the head, Matthew. They, when when the shit is hitteth the faneth in the third quarter and the Kings came out, <coughs> excuse me, when the Kings came out aggressive shooting yeah. the three ball, the Suns went away from team basketball and went to individualized basketball. They did, and that's something that you don't want to see. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, some Nader minutes in the beginning too, where you came out on Twitter and talked about you're a Nader hater. And excuse oh, me, yeah. I, I've been under the weather a little bit, so I'm just now feeling good. Uh, so my voice does sound a little bit more sexier. So yeah, it's raspy. Really complain. Yeah, so um, so you get a lot of these guys coming in off the bench, especially Nader, where he's he's trying to fill a role to where Monte wants him to do more and. He does do more. It's just he he has a hard time finishing. He has a hard time where he he can't make the correct pass to DA in the lane. There's a lot of wasted possessions tonight to where the team is just turning the ball over. Just, you know, it's kind of like a turnover. And it's like, oh, no big deal. We kind of are just kind of experimenting in a way. It's kind of seemed like at first. And then it just kind of got ridiculous to where they just kept getting turnover, turnover, and the second chance points, check it, second chance points. I know the Suns think they're, they're good and they know they're going to get their flow back. But right now, the way they're approaching these games is like, we're good enough to come back and we're, we're going to come back and win these games. And for some reason, it reminds me like of a team last year. I can't think of the team, but there was some team last year that, that did the same exact thing with the year before they thought they were so great. They can come back. Maybe it's the Kansas city chiefs. It's like, the, you know, Kansas city chiefs. Like, <laughs> oh, we're always going to win a game, but then they just can't get the same shit going that they had last year. And it is going to take some time, but I'm just saying that's the way it looks. It just looks like the Suns are like, as long as we're there in the end, we're going to win this game, but it's not going that way. Cause once you get this team, like the Kings of momentum heading into the fourth, they're going to close it out. And that's what they did. Yeah. You allowed a bunch of young guys to feel the one thing that could hurt you. And that is confidence. Buddy healed was feeling confident. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton was feeling confident. Fucking Alex Len yeah, was feeling yeah. confident. The guy never makes three. He, he hit two of them tonight. And the, the second one was a real kick in the nards, you know, because, I mean, that's a time when you're trying to push this back. You're trying to get back in the game, and Alex Len's popping threes on you. I mean, it just goes <laughs> to show you that if you allow the opposition to have confidence, they're going to take it. I mean, these are professional basketball players, you know, and kind of to your point, I think the Kansas City Chiefs analogy is a great one. You know, the Chiefs right now are what, three and five or something. And they just have this kind of feel about them. It's like, you know what? No matter what, we can come back. We're the Chiefs and the Suns. They haven't really done anything. They're a team that if you remember last year, why didn't Jalen Smith play? It's simple. The Phoenix Suns needed every minute of every game to ensure that they were the number two seed and they almost made the number one seed. It wasn't like they were blowing people out last year. We weren't kicking the shit out of teams left and right. We weren't one of those teams. We were a grinded out defensive team who needed every minute from every player to be valuable in an effort to win those games. So if you have these games in which you take minutes off when you come out, not as intense as the Sacramento Kings, you're going to get burned on that. And that's exactly what happened to Phoenix tonight. The third quarter, that that was the big one. That was the one where everything kind of went to, to shit, if you will, for the Phoenix Suns. Pulling up the numbers right now. Okay, third quarter, the Sacramento Kings went four for eight from deep. The Suns went 0 for six. So that's a 12-point swing right there. 11 for 25, 44% from the field for the Sacramento Kings. 7 for 22 
for the Suns, 31.8%. Uh, and then if you look at their turnovers, they had six turnovers in that period. So you go up eight points and then you leave, you know, they score 29, you score uh, 15, 14 point swing. You're down six going into the fourth. And it's just like, what happened? And, you know, is one thing that maybe I'm jumping the gun on eight and watch, but, you know, it's the same story, man. DeAndre Ayton had a have it. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to do the drop right now. I'm going to hit it. DeAndre Ayton had 21 points and 21 rebounds tonight. Okay. And it's not always about the stats with DA. I know that, you know, that, you know, it's more about how he plays on the, on the court. And I feel like he was definitely engaged in this game. You look at him up to halftime, 16 points, 11 boards, eight for 11 shooting in the third quarter. He goes one for one. It's a, it's the same well, movie, again, Matthew, but it's just it's it's a travesty. What made this team successful was getting the ball down in the paint. They were killing him in the paint, and then they just go away from the paint. They start yeah. jacking up threes. You know, they start playing that hero ball stuff. You know, in that third quarter, three for nine from the field from Devin Booker, one for six from Chris Paul. Yeah. Uh, you know, Devin Booker 0 for 3 from deep. Mikhail Bridges 0 for 1. Jay Crowder 0 for 1. And uh, Cam Johnson 0 for 1. DeAndre Ayton had a solid game tonight, and it was wasted because the Suns didn't utilize him in the third quarter. They allow him to just take a quarter off. He needs to demand the ball or something. I don't know. Yeah, what he needs to be, going back to football, he needs to be like the prima donna um, like, uh, receiver out there, the Randy Moss, you know, I'm not going to run this route if I'm not getting the ball. Basically, it, it almost seems like the way he is when we're going into the third quarter, and he, I'm, his energy tonight was really, really good. It's just at yes. times you can tell maybe with him, like he's just like, I'm not getting the ball. Like I'm still trying, I'm rebounding, I'm swatting on defense, I'm doing everything I need to do. But offensively, I'm kind of just standing here, setting picks again. And we're going into this Chris Paul thing with the two man game where he's going to throw up these, these good looking shots. They honestly, they probably should have went in. Uh, Booker too was forcing up the threes in the beginning of the first and the second half. So mm -hmm. those things are like not necessary. And a lot of teams do this to where something is working so great that they go away from it, like in the second half and they save the other team a lot of trouble. And honestly, DA is a guy. He is, he is not superstar, but he's there to where he can be like a cat or something like that offensively to where you got to keep going to him. He needs to have like that 40, 20 game like he was going to have tonight. Let's see what that's like because the energy yeah. he had in his little feet, like running up and down the court, he was so fast in the half court getting to places where he was just like, give me the fucking ball. Him hitting those two jump shots in the first half, like stepping into them with confidence, he looked like a yes. point guard throwing those up. It just, there was something about him tonight and even Booker on, on the sideline, at a, I think it was a timeout in the second quarter, he was just slamming his fist like, come on, dude, keep bringing it. And then you just go away from him. You don't even give him the fucking ball. And he has to get his one-for-one one by doing grabbing the ball on the block, doing a nice turnaround mm -hmm. jump shot that went in. And it's just like, what are they the, What are they looking at to where they're just like, okay, we've had enough DA. Let's do something else. Let's get our other stars involved. No, they're not They're not filling up the stat sheet the way DA, DA is early. They're not giving us a 10-point lead like DA was in the first, court, first half. 
So then why do we go away from it? I know everyone wants to get involved. It's a team game. DA is very unselfish. Mm-hmm. He's never probably going to complain, but the prima donna thing might need to come because he's like, then they'll probably start winning games, of course, here, uh, get a nice good win streak. But he's like, we're not going to win these games unless I get the ball more now. I need to be more of a focus because then honestly, that opens up everything else. And tonight, it didn't really open up everything else because they went away from DA and the defense knew it. The defense knew that they weren't going to go back to him as much. And DA was just kind of out there setting screens again in the third quarter. Yeah, I think that playing against Rashawn Holmes, <clears throat> somebody who definitely has a high motor, one of the highest motors in the league, especially at center, brought something good out of DA tonight. You know, he was like, okay, I'm gonna, I have to match his energy. And and when you're a member of the Phoenix Suns, if you're Chris Paul, you need to take advantage of that. You go, okay, my guy's locked in tonight. Yeah. You know, I need to go ahead, recognize that he is, he's come out here to play. He's got the energy that we, you know, we talk about at times, the things that we want to see. And maybe I should feed him the ball a little bit more. You know, Chris Paul ended the night one for 10. One for 10. You know, if on those 10 shots, if three of them, two of them, he had decided to go to DeAndre instead, guess what? The Suns win this game. But instead, you know, he didn't. And, and you know, Chris Paul's a Hall of Famer. So you can't you can't knock him too much. But this was not obviously, you know, one for 10, a one for 10 performance, uh, six points, eight assists. You know, this was not a good Chris Paul game in any way, shape or form. And that is one of the reasons why it's because when you have a guy who's cooking, especially if you're the point guard, that's your job is to get the mm-hmm. ball to the guy who's cooking. And it was D.A. He wanted the ball. He played well with the ball. Uh, he was, you know, blocking. How many blocks did he end up having? I think there? he had three. One was called a foul, too. That should have not. Have been yeah, that was the, the, the one at the end. with Tyrese Oh, he only Hallard. had one. He only had one block. God, I feel like he had three. Yeah, that, that feels wrong. I mean, he just he yeah. was he was playing with the tenacity that we hope that he could play with and you know again chris paul just didn't necessarily focus on getting him the ball which was frustrating for this you know i think i've used that word like six times already in the pod frustrating uh but again you know it's like especially when in the second quarter the suns did something that i've been waiting for them to do and they did in the fourth quarter as well they closed a quarter it's something that against portland did not happen well and Denver definitely didn't happen well either where at the end, you know, they're, they're cruising. They've got a nice little lead and then they just stop playing at the end of the second quarter and they yeah. let the, the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers back in it. You know, tonight they didn't do that. They, they, it was solid, but then they just didn't come out. It's like Suns, you can't take five, six minutes off. And it's funny because I remember the Suns were like this at the beginning of last year, those first 16 games where the Suns were eight and eight. It was the same story where the Suns just weren't doing a good job of consistently closing quarters. They weren't consistently, you know, staying engaged, playing with a sense of urgency. They weren't doing those little things right that equate to success. And ultimately, that's what led to a 500 start. You know, now we are one in three. Uh, We're going to have some days off before we play Cleveland. But guess what? That's not going to be an easy game either, dude. No, because Cleveland is actually looking pretty decent. They got the Mm. bigs down there in the middle. Um, I mean, I don't think any game is going to be easy. I think we've really just assumed, of course, the Kings would be a good bounce back game after the back and back uh, game earlier. But mm-hmm. the way these teams are playing, like you mentioned in the beginning, they're going to like put a lot of effort into these games against the, the Suns. But I feel like the Suns are just kind of killing themselves right now. And I think they know that, too. And I think when Monty probably takes a post game conference call or whatever, he'll probably just say like, yeah, we are killing ourselves. Uh, a lot of that might be him just like trying to force feed different players into this lineup try to do something else there's a lot of weird things going on with this team and the first half looks so good and then 
second half was so bad because it was just like it's just a different kind of offense. I think like Jay Crowder, even like with the back downs and the floaters and the driving, he's doing good, but it's just like he's has a different game this year, kind of. Uh, and like you have to get the mix in everybody else and figure out what these guys can do because they're newer. I think the Suns are just having a hard time figuring that right now. And I'm actually, I think it's going to be okay, honestly, but I, just, I do too. The, I do too. And the, when, when it's not okay, though, you got to go to what you know is going to be good and what's going to get the job done. And that is DeAndre Ayton. And I just, I can't get over this one. This is probably like the one of the worst ones I've ever seen because the game was there for him to take over and be that leader, have it on his shoulders. He looked like a leader tonight. Even when the ball was given to him, he, yeah, he kind of looked like, yeah, maybe on offense I won't get the ball, but just keep rebounding and playing that great defense. Like you can't ask for anything else. You got to reward him, man. No, 100% agree. And yeah, this one definitely stings. This is one we'll remember two months from now. You know, this will be one we'll, re- we'll remember this one at the end of the year when the Suns yeah. are like a game or two out of first place. And we're like, dude, if we just, you know, fed DA the ball a little bit more, you <laughs> yeah. know, if Devin know, Booker and Chris Paul, you know, had kind of played. I and, hate and, that. And, and kudos mm. to Devin Booker. I will say this Devin Booker, you, you said it. he had a Kobe like performance tonight and did what, 12 of 28 shooting from yeah. the field. 31 points, uh, eight assists, six total rebounds. The thing with Devin Booker tonight is he was, you know, as I mentioned, he had a really rough third quarter as well. He had a good fourth quarter. You know, he was really part of that comeback. Yeah. You have you have to credit him on that. He was three for six with 10 points, uh, four assists in that fourth quarter, uh, three for four from the free throw line. And this was a nice Devin Booker game. You know, again, it started off in the, that first quarter with him coming out, him scoring seven points right off the bat. You know, he had seven. Mikhail had seven. Aiton had eight. You know, it's like Booker, Bridges, and Aiton. B-B-A. A-B-B. A-B-B. Abba. It's as easy as one, 22, 25. No, it doesn't work. We got to come up with a good nickname for that duo because that's kind of like those are your – that that's your core three right there. It, it, it should be. It's it, we want it to be moving forward if we can get an extension to DeAndre Ayton, but Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, like that should be your big three because Chris Paul will fade away into the sunset one day, and those guys are going to have to lead you in scoring. So we got to come up with a good nickname for him. And they and that's that that was my initial notes. Like you know, as, as this game began, I was like, I was like, look at these guys. Like you know, <laughs> nickname. McHale, well, I was trying to come up with something, and I just couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> You know, but I just I, I really thought that it was a great performance from Booker, Aiton, and Bridges to start this game. You saw that okay. in the first quarter, that you saw that in the first half. And I thought, I'm like, okay, you know, this is what this team will be one day. And for it to just dissipate the way that it did, uh, definitely disappointing. But there still are some positives that we, you know, let's let's go ahead and do the drop because we are being so negative on this show. <laughs> You know, the positives are the Suns did come out with that, you know, fire, if you will, with yeah. Devin Booker what, willing to shoot uh, and letting D.A. play, you know, keeping him involved in the game. And Mikhail Bridges, man, I'm telling you, he has been nothing but impressive so far. His aggressiveness, uh, his willingness to go ahead and take some shots, you know, those are the little things that I was really hoping we'd see this season. I've said it before. I'll say it again, but you know, his, his offensive aggressiveness is the highlight so far for me of this early season when there hasn't been much highlights. 
Yeah, I'm honestly, uh, I thought you were going to do a drop or something right there. No. What, okay, so yeah, I know you're talking about Booker letting Aiden play, and we're, we're being positive. I guess I have to be positive. But <laughs> Try. Yeah, I just, I, to be positive, I, I want them to really just work on their two-man game, him and DA, because there's so many times when DA is there and Booker just doesn't see him and just doesn't care. It, it happens over and over again. You know, Chris Paul kind of is doing better. But I think him, Aiden, and Booker need to figure that out because – Booker did a good job, and yeah, 12 for 28, but a lot of it was just him forcing shit when it didn't need to happen. So I wanted to see more facilitation from Booker, honestly, and I'm sorry I just ruined that whole segment by being, by being a little bit negative. And Let's maybe get just negative. To get, negative. Maybe he's just trying to get his game going. But a game like this, you know, is having a monster game. Just keep feeding him, man. No, That's I really it. it. It's, it's true. It's definitely true. <laughs> um, Looking you know, at the King side of the ball, you got to give the Kings credit here. Okay. They came in here, you know, the same thing, one and two definitely were up for this game, but you look at kind of how they performed tonight. Uh, Harrison Barnes, 22 points, Rashawn Holmes, you know, 12 and 12, 18 from De'Aaron Fox, 15 from Tyrese Halliburton. And then of course the dagger truly was buddy Heel, 26 points off the bench, seven for 11 from three. You know, that's the one thing you have to kind of take solace in this game mm-hmm. is, as I mentioned, the Suns perimeter defense has been very, very poor this year. But when Buddy Heald is taking like 32 foot shots from the Suns logo and sinking them, when Harrison yeah. Barnes is making off balance fadeaway threes to win the game, like sometimes it's just not your night. And it's unfortunate, but that's just kind of the way it goes, man. Yeah, and the the responsibility the Suns have is just to match that. You know, the the Kings had to give all they could really offensively with a three point shot, and they got the majority of them to go in. So, but the Suns are the team now to really get. They have to match it in other ways, right? But we're not a great three point shooting team right now. Uh, we might not ever be really going forward this season. Uh, I know getting to the line is one thing that they really focus on in the past to get back into games. So they can find other things and other ways to slow teams down. I know their defense still hasn't clicked. So I know you talked about that article you put out and the way they just can't defend a three right now. But if a team like the Kings are hitting even contested threes, there's other ways they can make up for it on the offensive end. One is DeAndre. I'm just kidding. One is is giving DeAndre the ball. No, but there's there's other ways because like Mikhail, like Cameron Johnson didn't really have the best game tonight, but Mikhail, he should be another option offensively. Uh, Chris Paul, when those wide open shots they usually get, that little gimmies mid range aren't there, then find the other guys to help you out. Dish them the ball, like DeAndre Aiden or even Mikhail Bridges dishing to the or running to the hoop. So there's other ways to do it, and they just couldn't find that tonight. And I think they really might have been trying to, and just no one else can really step up. And that was the one thing, right? I mean, our two guys, Booker and CP3, struggled at certain times during the game so you got to find someone else and there's no one really else besides Aiton was there well but here's the other side and you know I talked about a little bit uh on the last podcast against Portland that something that I've also noticed from Phoenix you know as, as again we're, we're at that point of the season where we're just trying to figure out who and what this team is and so far you know they're a one in three team that's what we're finding out but the question yeah. is you know what's the why and obviously shooting has been horrendous for the Suns. horrendous you know you look yeah. at their current rank coming into this game uh when it comes to three-point shooting and they, i believe they're, they're shooting 34 percent on the season right from deep uh that's mm-hmm. good enough for 16th in the league so they're kind of right in the middle but then you 
throw in the performance they had tonight where they go six for 22 and that drops them to 32.8%. So, you know, they're going to drop there, right? Here's the other thing is last season we shot 83.4% from the free throw line tonight, 17 for 24 couple that with what we've already done this season. That's going to drop the suns to 71.4% from the line. 71.4. You know, it's one thing that we have been, privilege to have over the last two seasons are two years ago, a historically great free throw shooting team. And last year, the second best free throw shooting team in the NBA. And now entering this game, we were 24th in the league in free throw shooting. And that number also will drop because, you know, again, we, mm-hmm. we you know, 71.4. So those are things that, again, when you have these close games and you're not making your free throws, I mean, how many times did somebody go to the line, just brick, 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 and, you know, that adds up quick. So, again, I don't know if it's focused because it's not like we have this whole new set of players. You know, two years ago when the Suns started shooting amazing from the line, well, you had some new faces a part of the team. You know, Ricky Rubio was part of that team, and there were different players. And, you know, now it's like this is, for the most part, the same exact team that we turned from last year. Why can't any of them hit a free throw or a three anymore, man? It's all mental, right? And even when they were talking about how tired they were in between the last two games, maybe it's something to do with that too. I think the 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 way they started out so poorly from free throw shooting, it's going to take some time to get that back. The three-point shooting you would think like might come a little bit quicker because we have the three-point shooters. Mikhail Bridges has improved. Jay Crowder, Devin Booker might hopefully improve this year because he looked like shit tonight. But Chris Paul, I mean, we have three-point shooters and I think that will probably even out towards the end of the year. I hope because it, it needs to. I mean, in this league, you're going to have to hit those, especially when they're wide open. Transition offense looks pretty good for the Suns. They're just not falling down. And the free throw, going back to the free throws, though, I just don't know what that is. I think what, mentally that might be the hardest thing to get over for a lot of for a lot of players is when you're missing them and you know the percentages are down for your team. And you, you I mean, they practice them endlessly, right? During the game, though, that might hit them in the head where it's just like we're, we're struggling so much to where these matter so much more because especially when a team like the Kings are shooting lights out, like every little point counts, and that might have something to do with it. Other than that, it'll just take some time for them to get over it. Yeah, you know, that's kind of the the running theme with everything that's going with the Suns right now. Yeah. In in time, this will be okay. Uh, again, it's it's early in the season. We're four games into it. We have 78 of these things to go. So yeah. if you were to ask me on a scale of 1 to 10, the worried factor, I'm a 1. I'm still not worried at all. You're just seeing these little yeah, things that need to be fixed in order for the big things to take care of themselves. And what we're doing, seeing as we have a podcast and we go live after every game, is we're just noting what those observations are. Because had they won this game, had this gone to overtime and they won this game, we would have been had a sigh of relief and then still analyze the negative of this game. I feel, and the things that we're starting to see, they're consistently inconsistent right now. Uh, Another thing that, you know, I wanted to bring up is your boy, Alfred Payton has been playing Mm -hmm. fantastic with Cameron Payne, not in there. This is his second consecutive game with Cameron Payne gone. You know, he ends with a stat line of 10 and two, uh, 10 points, two assists. I feel like, you know, he was trying to set up DA. There was one great play. One of my favorite plays. It was, I think it was in the second quarter where Alfred Payton runs a pick and roll on the left elbow or right elbow with DA. Right. And he does this great bounce pass to him and DA just doesn't expect it. So DA kind of catches it late. And then, you know, he 
tries to pass out of it and he ends up passing it back to Elfred. They run the same thing. Elfred's like, no, we're going to do this again. We're going to get this right. And DA goes up for the shot. He misses the shot because of good defense by uh, Rashawn Holmes. But I just thought that that was such a beautiful, you know, kind of little moment in there where Alfred Payton's like, no, man, like we're going to get this right between that and the way that he has that like push shot, you know, the push shot floater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know you love that between the, your love for Alfred Payton, your love for floaters. I mean, EP has got to be your guy, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the floater is always perfect for them. And I love his size and mega giants. 89s, right? Oh, you probably, oh, we both clicked the same, <laughs> oh, yeah, clicked the same one. <laughs> Payton, Payton was awesome today. Um, so he was, and I love his length, and I think he's a little bit stronger and bigger than people think. He, uh, When he going into the lane, he really uses his length and his size to really push away the defender to get what he wants. You see a lot of that, but he's actually very up and down, like kind of fast or slow to really get maybe another player involved in the offense to where he can set them up. And it's going to take some time to where maybe those assists go up a little bit more. But he he's there. He's ready to find his teammates. He might mess up a few times here or there. But just his length and size is really, really, I feel like, underlooked in a way to where he's in the paint. And I love players like him and Cameron Payne where they go in and they just think they can finish every time. Because honestly, if they get the right angle, if they're playing against the right defender, they really can. And coming off the bench when he's playing against those guys, the, the lesser point guard on the team, you you know he can actually be that guy to really get into the paint and make a mess and really set up his teammates. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. I'm only 13 uh, minutes tonight, but he seems like he's been showing up uh, this whole year. He's been showing up anytime he's... I, I've been very comfortable with him on the court. I've been very, very comfortable when he comes in. I get very excited. So I hope whenever campaign comes back, we still see more Alfred Payton. Like, don't screw that up. Take away the Nader minutes, all right? There's one good play he did tonight <laughs> in the five minutes, but just just keep him coming in the game when 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 it, when available. And honestly, he's gonna might be get more minutes now because Cameron Payne might be out a few more games. So yeah, I mean, that's the luxury you have is you can really take the time to allow Cameron Payne to heal properly because you have a veteran like Alfred Payton who can come in and give you quality minutes. These aren't, yeah. you know, backup Mike James minutes. No, these are quality minutes. And it was nice for him to see him, you know, Alfred or I'm sorry, Abdul Nader. That's a whole nother story for you who like for those who like to read uh, tomorrow. I will be publishing on Bright Side of the Sun my anti-nader piece that i've put together oh, it's, well, it's a coming whole, out huh it's a whole thing on why nader needs he'll to turn take his... a seat yeah he'll turn he'll it all be, around now when, when when he reads it he'll be like damn it void is one of the guys who used to like me but i just really follow feel you like, on twitter no i don't Wait, think anybody okay. follows on twitter no one follows me on twitter uh westville says says in the chat where the nader <laughs> haters where's the nader haters I'm <laughs> I'm an eater. I'm Blaise, not even I'm not really make it right. He's like, read. Who do you think we are? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. Well, if you don't want to read, read my articles. Yeah, they, uh, they're, they're, they're little dinkers. Um, uh, not it's not so much an eater haters. Just kind of like, you know, we want to ghost the guy a little bit. You know, just well, it's just our back. Yeah, I'm kind of at you that know? point where it's like, you know what? I feel like those minutes, as you mentioned, like those minutes can be u- utilized in a more productive manner. Exactly, now, I f- yeah. I feel like Monty knew that an anti-Nader piece was going to be coming out because it only played him for five minutes and 16 seconds today. Yeah. Like I, he was barely out there. I was like, oh, darn it. Like I was, hoping, good. I was hoping to get like 17 minutes so then I could really blast him. But it's like, you know, I'll have to adjust part of my article to ensure that I include that, <laughs> you know, so. Lights, Cameron, action. 
Your boy, man. <laughs> your boy. Lights, camera, and action. There was no the, 22 points or 22, almost 23 minutes off of the bench. 0 for 4 from, from the field, all of them being threes. He, his final stat line, one point, one rebound, one personal foul. Man, what the fuck Man. happened to You got to love the effort, though, right? No, he was a little lost. <laughs> you got to love the effort. Yeah, I just, honestly, tonight was, he, he his spot-up shots look good, right? They look like they're going to go in. They weren't falling. But there was nothing else he was trying to, like, what he was doing on the court was just a little bit of nothing, basically a lot of hustle, but he just wasn't there in time for a lot of plays. Even like, I think it was a, a 24 second shot clock violation against the Kings. He came up to block the shot of concealed and it was a foul. Yeah. And if it wasn't a shot clock violation, they would have called a foul on the three. Like he just straight up and nailed him like in the face or something. And I was like, okay, so if that was a shot clock violation, he'd be going to the line for three. Like that stuff, it just seemed like mentally he was not there tonight at all. I can't really give him anything positive. I know I'm his biggest fan, and we're gonna have our off nights together. We're still gonna like hold <laughs> each other tonight, and you know, you know, sing to each other and all that. But tonight, he just needs what, to lay what this will one you to be rest. singing? Uh, uh, Where uh, did you go? I have a fool. What's that song? I fell yeah. in love, or what's the a fool that fell in love? What was that song? I fooled around and fell in love. That song. <laughs> I fooled around and fell in love. Oh man, come for the sun's analysis. Leave with the 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 yeah. silky smooth voice of Matthew Lissy. Damn, yes. that raspy guy. Start start singing some Smelly Cat for us, man. Damn, <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah, it's unfortunate to see Cam Johnson have one of those nights because again, that could be the difference between winning and losing is just having Cam be a little bit more active. Well, one more shot. <laughs> but but I'll tell you this, though. You know, one thing that I enjoyed about this game was, you know, again, Monty knew the, the anti-Nader pieces right around the corner. It's not anti-Nader. It's just saying, hey, like, we could reallocate those minutes. And that's what he did tonight. He reallocated those minutes by allowing Jay Crowder to play a little bit longer. Jay ends with a total of 31 minutes, 10 points, uh, two assists, couple rebounds. Um, but he kept Jay in with cam johnson and had cam at the three which is what i was saying on the last pod why he sucked huh it's like i want him this is but this could have some merit to it you know he he, well he was playing a little bit out of position in this game he's used to playing that backup four he played the backup three so maybe he was just not necessarily used to playing in that capacity but that is kind of one of those adjustments that monty tried to make in an effort to jumpstart jay he really you know jay's had a really rough start to the season you know you look at him statistically where he's at he's averaging 7.3 points this season 31 percent from the field 13.3 percent from deep so far for jay crowder so monty wants to keep him in the games a little bit longer he typically plays about 27 minutes he played 31 minutes in this game you know so i really think that it's his kind of nod to trying to jumpstart him and in doing so he moves cam to the three which plays into exactly what i think should happen yeah and you might be right sometimes when i say these things about cam starting at four and then you come up and say three i'm like maybe john does know what he's talking about maybe he has a little bit more input um but jay usually when you look at his uh, field goal attempts field goals made Mm -hmm. they always usually line up with the three point attempts three points made now it's like it seems like there's more. He's I said it earlier. He's there's like more to his game. He's trying to do the two man game with uh, 
uh, JaVale McGee a lot with the second unit. Uh, just his fadeaways he's throwing up there, getting to the rim, throwing up some layups. It's a lot of different looking kind of J things. So last year it was all threes it seemed like, but now he's trying to imp- implement some more of the two-point game. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen him go th- to the basket this many times the entire last season. And then he has in the first so. four games. So yeah. code JJM uh, in the chat dropped 20 bucks. So we appreciate that. He asked the question, did we underestimate how much losing Willie Green would affect our defense? This is the second time code has asked this uh, question. He asked it on a previous pod. And, you know, again, I think my answer still remains the same. Um, but every every time one of these games happens, it fortifies that narrative a little bit more, doesn't it, Matthew? Yeah, and there's a reason Willie Green's now a head coach. So it, it might. I mean, coaching, you never think about it. So we're like this far into the season, or even 12 games, and it still looks like shit. So it's probably something that we might have to think about going to the next game. But honestly, the the energy just needs to pick up a lot on defense and getting their their focus and just their feet underneath them. Just I guess and we can keep saying that until they start winning some games and playing better defense. But right now it just looks like it's just the energy is not really there. Yeah. And maybe, you know, having Willie not around affects yeah. that. So Co- could might, be yeah. could could be on to something like uh Daddy's gone. When, when it, yeah, Daddy's gone and we don't play defense no mo. So, you know, but that is a good reminder. You know, thank you for donating in the super chat. That's 20 more dollars that goes towards Matthew getting a Cameron Johnson jersey. Uh, we really appreciate that. This is a reminder to everybody who is listening. If you uh, are on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review. And if you're watching, give us a thumbs up, smash that thumbs up. But we didn't lose the game. We're live. We're hanging out with you after the game. We didn't lose that game. We, we're, we, we play defense tonight. You know, I mean, we, we, yeah. we do what we can. All right. We're 0 for 4 now on bet on it. I made it easier today. Instead of doing a two-leg parlay, I said, hey, let's just pick one stat and we'll just go over or under. And it was Jay Crowder, 16 and a half points plus rebounds plus assists. So he needed a number 17. Those three things combined. We asked the Jamsters via Twitter this morning what they thought we should do uh, with the final total of 54% to 46%. The Jamsters chose the over and Jay Crowder hit the under. He had 14 combined. He had 10 points, two rebounds yeah. and two assists. So we are now down $4, Matthew. Yeah, I bet the over too. I thought this was an easy one for him, but <laughs> yes. it was almost there. There was a lot of Jay Crowder this game. I'm surprised he didn't get over. Yeah, I thought well, especially because he had those extended minutes. I thought yeah. that this I'm, I'm like this is going to be perfect. This is you know again it was like negative one hundred five on the odds, so it's not like we were going to make a ton of money. Um, but still, like I was just like, oh man, he's gonna it's it's gonna hit it's gonna hit, and then uh, you know he like everybody else just started missing everything in sight, and I was just like, well, you know that's that's what we get for for betting on it, if you will. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters. Reminder, go ahead and let us know in the chat who your Jam star of the game is. Matthew, I'll let you go first. It's gonna be I think DeAndre it's a pretty, uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah. it's a pretty easy 21 one. 21 and 21. 21 and 21. And he better start acting like Deion Sanders, dude. He needs to be a little bit more of a prima donna bitch out there just... Get the ball, dude. Because honestly, I can't. I can't even. <sighs> I don't know, man. I it's it's him. We've already talked about it too much. I just get frustrated thinking about it right now. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely DeAndre Ayton tonight. Uh, and as we've mentioned, and we're at nauseum, it's like, you know what? Some some nights you just got to recognize that you want the ball and or your big guy needs the ball. Mm-hmm. And the Suns did neither of that tonight. And he definitely earned it, you know, you could you could Alex Len in the chat from Pedro. <laughs> Alex Len for hitting those threes. He was the jam star. You know, it's just uh it, it's Aiton. It's nice that it's Aiton. It makes me happy that it's Aiton with everything that's been going on. It's nice to have these good positive conversations relative to his performance. It just wasn't enough because the Suns just went away from him in the third quarter. What did he end up doing in the fourth quarter? Do you know that by chance, Matthew? No, so what did he have? Uh I think three he for had six 18 for, points. Oh, did no, he have no. only three points? He, he had three points. He had three points. Three free throws. He had three free throws. That's so disgusting. So, so his final stat line in the second half was one for one for five points. He had 10 rebounds in the second half, but one for one with five points in the second half. That's how do you, fucking disgusting. How do you go into the locker room after and you guys are looking at that? What do you say to him? What do you say to each other? What do you really... I don't know if Monty even mentioned it. Where they need to get DA the ball more, but I never hear that. I never hear, hey, we, we should have gave DA the ball more at the end of the games when this happens. I never hear that from anybody. It's, I don't know what it, that is. It should have happened tonight. It should have happened. Just trade him away then. Trade him. Sons, sons, do me a favor. Terrible. Take a lap. They need to take a lap on that one, man. That just, God, I didn't really piss me off. Anyways, anyways, you yeah. know what? It's one game. I've said it before. You compartmentalize this. You shove it down and just don't deal with it. Or you hang out with us, and that's how you're dealing with it. And then you yep. just move on to the next one. Next one on the schedule, Suns versus Cavs. They're going to be playing on Saturday night. Uh, Matthew, before we lock in who we're going to pick against the fanning the flames guys uh you know first and foremost we got to give a shout out to sun's geek because sun's geek will actually be covering for me that night i will not be available to watch the game or analyze it so shout out in advance to you sun's geek we really appreciate you helping out the show buddy yeah thanks a lot man i'm looking forward to it um so yeah the Cavs though it's interesting with them because, you know, a lot of people give up on them. I mean, why would you not, right? It's a good start to the season for them, but they got the bigs. Uh, Evan Mobley, of course, in the middle. Um, but Kevin Love, too, coming off the bench and putting up some great, pretty good stats. Yeah, he's game. playing so, this year, man. Jared Allen, like, they, they're pretty stacked. And it's one of these games where it's just like, I don't know if it's going to happen for the Kings or where the Kings, like, feed off of this and, like, have a nice little run. But the Cavs already kind of started off pretty good. and They have a good game against the Suns here in Phoenix. It's going to feed them even more. They're going to start loving each other. They might even start loving Colin Sexton because I guess no one likes him still. Is that going to be the story every year we go into the Cavs seasons? No one likes Colin Sexton. Like, I don't understand that one at all. I've just never heard that before. But Isaac Coro, I well, mean, they, ball they have a good that's, roster, that's, man. That's the take that everybody has in Cleveland about, about him is – he is a ball hog. He is somebody who uh, is a black hole on offense. The ball doesn't move with him. But that being said, you look at the Cavaliers who will be coming to this game with a three and two record because they beat the uh, Los Angeles Clippers this evening, 92 to 79 behind 27 and seven uh, rebounds. Yeah. That is from Colin Sexton. So this is a team that definitely, you know, when, when I look at the Cleveland Cavaliers, I, I kind of see like a team that, 
the New Orleans Pelicans kind of wish they were. Now, granted, the Pelicans got the number one overall pick in Zion Williamson. Obviously, he's had some medical issues, but they're a team that has been drafting right around the Cleveland Cavaliers for the past few years, right? It's the same thing with the Suns and the Kings and the Suns and like the Grizzlies, right? Those are teams that for a few years there, we were just, we were drafting right around them. It's like, oh man, we took Josh Jackson, they got Darren Fox, you know, and uh, <laughs> Tyrus Halliburton, Jalen Smith. Uh, but when you look at like the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they are, although it's a different conference, they are to the Pelicans who the Suns are to the Kings, whereas we've had more success outside of tonight. And you're starting to see that this team is really uh, molding together. They, they, you know, Bill Simmons was talking about it today on the Bill Simmons podcast about how, when you watch this team, they're a team that is very excitable, you know, from a body language standpoint, they're, they're cheering for each other on the sidelines. They're into every possession. They're into every game. That energy is infectious. And of course, who's running the point there, Matthew, who is running the point? Your boy, dude. No, it's not my boy, man. It's our boy. Their second team point guard. He's he's started two of the four games. That's uh, Ricky Rubio. Is yes. you know he he can take a young team and whip him into shape real quick. So this yeah. is as Coda, as Coda Kid says in the chat. This is a Rubio revenge game, my friend. Because I don't think he's been back to Phoenix since we've traded him with fans in the stands. No, I don't think so either. And you love the new look, though, with his hair. Yeah, no? it's like no, I don't. But oh, you don't? I, I I don't either. And I was trying to find that clip of him in the shower for head and shoulders. But did you delete it? I Is it not have. here anymore? <laughs> oh, <laughs> son of a bitch! This would have been perfect because I miss the long hair. I miss the long hair in the shower and all Let's that see. stuff. Empieza profunda e higiene. Confía en HS para un pelo 100% libre de caspa. Clínicamente probado. HS shampoo número uno en España. Bring it back, Ricky. Bring Look it back, See, man. It's still there. So I have it under the you old You can't stuff. do that with that little hair. <laughs> Good old Ricky, man. Uh, no, I don't like his new look because it reminds me, like, do you remember rook, Rookie Ricky Rubio? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It, like, it was short. It, that, it was short like it is now, but, like, he still has, like, the beard, right? So it's like mm-hmm. he just, I don't know. I, I've watched Forensic Files, and I swear I've seen that guy. You know, it's like he's really good at trying to hide the DNA, but he left that one strand of hair that was the same color as a rug or something or other. So, uh, <laughs> but it's it's going to be exciting having Cleveland yeah. in town. You know, I like Evan Mobley, mm-hmm. the rookie out of USC. He's going to give us yeah. fit. You have Laurie Markkinen's on this team now with Darius Garland. Uh, Isaac Okoro isn't playing right now because I think he's hurt. Uh, but like you said, Is Kevin he Love. Oh my bad. Uh, he didn't play tonight. I know he he had okay. a hamstring issue, so I don't know if he's actually. Well, did he end up playing? He was doubtful, but. Uh, but I mean, again, a, a young, talented team—a team that I like. I, you know, for for all those years that LeBron was in Cleveland, I couldn't stand Cleveland. And the moment LeBron left, I was like, "Oh, I like this team." They had Kyrie Irving, and then like LeBron was back. I was like, "Eh." But uh, you know, I think that this young, talented team will give Phoenix fits for the same exact reason that the uh, the, the Sacramento Kings gave us fits. Yeah. You know, and, and the other side now, granted, this is a team that's not good at shooting three. Okay. They're currently 28th in the league when it comes to, uh, attempts and they're 27th in the league when it comes to, uh, shooting percentage, they, they shoot 30% from three. So if they want to get right, come play Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. And when, when they do come back, I just, I'm, I'm kind of worried because the Cavs can just get, I'm just very down right now on the Suns, of course, with this loss a little bit, right? I'm, just, I'm, feeding, I'm feeding more into what the Cavs have than what the Suns have and what they can give, like, and the energy-wise on the court as, a, you know, 
through the whole game. Is it something the Suns can actually do? I mean, it, it could be a blowout early in the half, and then you're just okay. Well, here we go. We're gonna get good back on the win in the winning ways, but then again, might not. So it's just continuing to just push the pedal, dude. Especially against yes. this team that can't hit threes, it doesn't matter. It's it's a younger team, kind of that just is kind of believing in themselves. Even though you got Kevin Love coming off the bench, actually gives a shit now. So that's a guy that can really give your team a little bit more momentum if he wants to play. It's like Buck Dog, one of our elite jamsters, says in the chat. He's like, jam sweat session is quickly turning into Suns therapy session. It might be we that all, year, huh? We all have each other. Back you to know? square one. <laughs> Back to here we go again, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, and, and one thing that we have to monitor as we get, prepare for this game, you know, as we mentioned, you know, young team, athletic team, team that wants to run, team that wants to beat you with hustle and aggressiveness and passion, you know, the Suns have to match that. They can't sit there and be like, well, you know, we played really well in the playoffs last year. It's like none of that shit matters anymore. And, you know, you have to wonder a little bit. It's it's creeping into your mind. It's not necessarily there yet. But, you know, you look at at Chris Paul and, you know, we mentioned it today. One for 10 uh, from the field. You know, he's averaging 14 points and 11 assists. He's leading the league in assists coming into this game. Uh, but you just you hope that Chris Paul can maintain that level of athleticism because this is a team that's going to try to test him. And I hope campaign does have the ability to come back because as much as we were talking about how much we love seeing Alfred Payton be as productive as he can, I do like having campaign out there instead of Alfred Payton. Maybe I'm different from you on that, but I think no, it no, just it, it he's more athletic. He's 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 plays with that quicker pace. He's somebody who can keep up with a young team that's ready to rock and roll like the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to want to do on Saturday night. Yeah, and it's really up to um Mega Giants again, you know, what's the Suns defensive ceiling this year? Um it's really up to that. I think in these next few games. I mean, when the defense hits, of course the offense feeds off of it. So if we can get that going really that's something that you can just feed off of. And I feel like it didn't hit till kind of late with the turnovers, the fast breaks and all that, where they actually put the pressure on the Kings. So that's something they need to start doing, even against these teams that you should beat and blow out. Just start getting into the habit of just playing the full 48. And with campaign, of course, I want him on the court. I want campaign to be the guy to give CP3 a lot of rest. And CP3 should get a lot of rest this year. And it's not going to be a bad thing because with campaign and Alfred Payton behind him, Alfred Payton, then... It's it's sure to give him some minutes of rest, but Alfred. <laughs> Alfred oh, Alfred. Oh, Alfred. Alfred. <laughs> well, what do we predict for this game? What are we going to lock in oh, in geez. our pick against the Fan of the Flames guys? Now, that being said, uh, during this podcast, I did get a text from Justin. He goes, uh, I forgot to put our pick in. Took three games. Oops. Um, so I think we're up on them <laughs> on the standings because we actually are put we? the picks in. Yeah, I put the okay. picks in. I know. I know you don't. Jeez. No, I but, don't. Uh, this is your little. This is your thing. We we have thing. our different things. We do. You focus on your things, and I, I do my little things. <laughs> so, Kokoda kid. Oh, an L. Los Sons. He says a dub. David Wigton says we aren't losing three in a row. What are you thinking, Matthew? What should we do? I think a three, uh, I think we should, I'm, I'm going to say a win, but a three game losing streak is Monty's job. I think Monty is like, <laughs> get out of here. I'm just joking. That yeah, would be like a in, 10 game losing streak. <laughs> let's bring in, let's bring in Luke Walton. I don't know how that guy's still employed in Sacramento. Man. I, every time we play Sacramento since, I don't know, what is it, 10, 10 years, he's been their coach. So just let him do What's it. Let him have it. You, 
do you remember remember when we went to opening night a few years ago when uh Aaron Baines and Frank Kaminsky were new to the team? Yeah. So it was what 2019 20? Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. And we played Sacramento. Remember how Buddy Hill just fucking eviscerated us and we still won yeah. at the very end? Same yeah. shit. Um a lot of a lot of dubs in the chat. I think we're I think we're we'll yeah, lock in it. It should be a right? win. It has to be a it's, win. I mean, DA said he hates playing on the road. Uh, he just because he doesn't want to do it early in the season. Did you see that interview? Yeah, he just doesn't want it. Now they're back at home. That's why he's so comfortable playing well. So the second game uh, in a row playing at home, it should be a good one. <laughs> I, I, hope. I hope so. And and again, yeah. it's Saturday night, so you have some time. You have more time to rest, mm-hmm. more time to analyze the footage. And I think that with this team trying to understand who their identity is, taking a look at that footage is going to be key. I mean, uh, in that piece that I put together for Brightside, I broke down three different reasons why the Suns. Uh, we're playing poorly uh, when it comes to perimeter defense. You know, one of it was lack of trust. You have DA and Mikhail Bridges in the paint, and yet Chris Paul's dipping down to play defense and leaving his guy wide open. You know, uh, laugh a lack of playing together. You know, you have the new guys like Landry Shamit and uh, uh, JaVale McGee who just weren't getting coming to the right spots because they just don't know who they are on this offense yet. And on, I'm sorry, on this defense and where they need to be. And the la- last one was lack of focus. You know, there's some plays where it's just like Devin Booker just does the, the Devin Booker. I'm just going to come a sag off my defender on the weak side, hang out in the paint. And then they whip the ball in two passes and CJ McCollum's just stroking threes all night. And Devin Booker still hanging out in the paint, you know? So it's like mm-hmm. if they, if they stop and, and, and read my article or just look at some, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're, they're going to learn two things, you know, one, uh, if they read the article tomorrow, uh, Nader shouldn't get any more minutes. And two, like, you know, take care of those things. You know, perimeter defense has been killing us. Again, you have a team like the the Sacramento Kings who come in here, and again, we give up another monster night from three. You know, 40% is what it ended up being for, for them. But, you know, in the second half, what was their second half? I can pull it up real quick because it was ridiculous. Let's see here. Talk to yourselves. Let me give you a topic. Spaghetti. Spaghetti and Ooh, cheese. Spaghetti. Oh, yeah. Just really quick shout out, though, to my uh, background behind me. T. Jones, 757. Nice artwork. Threw it up. I didn't even give yeah. it yet, So. Oh, yeah. I was going to do that. The, yeah, thank the you. Very It'll end, be in the rotation. I love it. That's yeah, it's beautiful. You know, again, for those of you who are watching, not listening, uh, if you want to have any artwork that you have about the Phoenix Suns, post it up behind Matthew. Go ahead and hit us up on Twitter. T. Jones did that. It looks great. It uh, looks like I don't know if it's crayon or colored pencil, but it's beautiful. It's got the, you know, the sun, the cactus. Yeah. And it's not the full picture. It's just the part that I can. Yes. The part that you can out. crop and put up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11 for 21 is what the, the being shot in the second half. 11 for 20, yeah. 52% from deep. Unbelievable, man. Uh, mm-hmm. the, sh- the suns were three from 12. That's so. what did it. Um, I think on that note. Um, oh, I wanted to do the. Uh, I don't have the thing here. Oh, well. The uh, just a shout out to the people who've left, left us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, the first one we have after Tiger 25, uh, five stars, best post game pod in Planet Orange. We appreciate that. Found this pod toward the end of last season, it really added to my enjoyment of the season. Uh, of the end of the season and ensuing finals run as a Suns fan living in Utah. These guys allow me to feel like I'm still part of the Suns community, even when I can't watch the games, their award show is always great. The jammies. Uh, and when you combine that with their live chats, honest takes and segments, even for some of the more underrated overlooked members of the team, Suns jam session will always be my number one go-to for post-game analysis. Go home and love your family. Uh, thank you after tiger 25. Really appreciate that. 
what warms my heart. Uh, New Hope Manny gave us a five-star review, and he named it another five-star review. He's like, you said on your last pod that you need more five-star reviews, so here's my second. Wonderful content and discussion. You both have passion and knowledge of iHeart Suns fans uh, with no false airs. I really enjoy listening to your show. You have a loyal fan out here in Southeast Pennsylvania. Shout out to Pennsylvania. Uh, keep up the fantastic work, fellas. So thank you to New Hope Manny. And then AC Pasquale hit me up. Uh, actually, you know, he said, I've been repping the Sun since I was in high school back in 2007. Basketball is the dominant sport in our country, which is the Philippines. And we have a lot of basketball fanatics here. Uh, the most of them are fans of the typical big market teams. I can say I've been the one loyal Suns fan here for the longest time. Hopefully I can catch one of you at the live post game show and I can add to Lissy's funds for that Cameron Johnson Jersey. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean that that's what this is all about. You know, the Suns ride or die. We have each other at the end of the day. So we appreciate you jamsters for just kicking up, kicking it with us after every game. Um, it really means a lot to just, you know, it's 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 like we're saying, you know, it's it's therapy at this point, you know, early in the season. And we we've been through the highs, we're going through some of the lows, but no matter what, we have each other. Except for Saturday, I won't be here. You'll have Suns Geek instead. Mm-hmm. Yep, John's a flake, so I will probably be doing <laughs> what all 82 games. He might he might throw in 60 games. Who yeah, knows? No, hell no, Who man. Knows? His yeah, he just thinks he has to go to a costume part. What are you dressing up as again, John? Uncle Fester. Uncle Fester. <laughs> my, go. my wife's going to be Wednesday from yes. Adam's family. She loves Good. it. We're That's going awesome. to a party. I'm in town for two nights. You know, as those who can see, I have a hotel room again behind me. I'm in Palm Desert. Uh, I was telling you earlier today, you know, I'll fit this in at the end of the pod. One of the best things I found was I was on TikTok yesterday and they had like this website where they're like, hey, you go to this website and they have all of the video games like ever. You know, like for like Nintendo, Atari, mm-hmm. uh, Sega Genesis, PlayStation, Nintendo 64, Game Boy, Game Gear, all that stuff. And you just go to this website and you can play the games. So I went to Best Buy today and I bought like this little super NES looking controller that plugs into my computer and I can now play these games. So I've finally found a way to really kill time outside of writing articles for Bright Side of the Sun and making stupid little podcast, you know, drops. Oh, like, you know, you pay him. You know, that's yeah. how I spent my time now. So uh, if anyone wants to know the name of the site, hit me up on Twitter, hit me up in the DMs. I'll go ahead and I'll uh, I'll go ahead, you know. Oh, look at cra- oh, Crazy Pasquale's here. He said Best Sons Podcast, and he dropped us 499 little P equal sign things. I'm sorry, Pat. I don't know what currency that is. Yeah, that's all right. Well, thank you very much. But we appreciate that. That helps yeah. Matthew get that jersey. Thank you for being a loyal listener out there in the Philippines, man. It really, really means a lot to us. So, um, but again, so that's it. That's all I got, man. You know, all right. Pl- that's pl- that's playing stupid little video games in hotel yeah. rooms while I'm out in Palm Desert. Yeehaw, little yeah. doggy. It's time to hit the sack, I think. Uh. Yeah, it's time to go to bed. So, again, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, if you are listening, again, subscribe, rate, and review. If you're here, hit that thumbs up. We truly appreciate it. You can become an Elite Jamster by clicking the Join button here on YouTube or following the link in the description. You can follow me at Darth Void on Twitter. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lucy. And follow the show at Suns Jam. If you would like to have your artwork behind Matthew, DM us up there on Suns Jam. And uh, stay tuned for our bet on it. Help us. Help us win some money because we are way, way overdue. Yeah. Everyone go home and love your family. See you on Saturday.